Good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Joined once again by Adam Martin and Sky Lawrence Pank. We're going to be talking a lot about the NFL draft tonight. What an exciting few days it was. I mean, there's a lot more excitement as well for the few days we had, which I'm sure you'll find out uh, soon with the Franchise Tag Podcast. Content coming your way and some exciting things uh, definitely coming soon once we've ironed it all out. But we're going to today review the 2023 NFL draft. We all stayed up for it, apart from Sky, who was a little intoxicated, woke up briefly, and then didn't watch the whole thing. That's what I did. That's, is, is that am I getting that right? Sky? I feel that's right. I, I was, you know, such a such a big fan. I watched a round two onwards when no one else cared. Thought I skipped round one. <laughs> but no, it was great. So all the fancy plays. Woke up to see Belichick trade back as as predicted. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of things, crazy things that did happen in this NFL draft, and there was a lot of movement on the nights now. Something that we expect more and more, um, I suppose, on draft nights now. Adam, it feels like. Excellent. So it felt it felt like something. I'm not sure. It was it was an eventful uh, draft night. Fred we see a slow moving draft, I suppose. Oh. Yeah. Um... I don't know what that question was because you completely died. Oh, and there he's gone. Right, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's back. What was the question? So the, the question was: Do we? Uh, is it? Do, are we expected now of every draft that there be so much movement? Because it's it's yeah. never been this much movement in the past. I think this is the new way, isn't it? This seems to be what's happening now. Um, I think you're starting to see general managers are working out that they can sort of like move and make quite a lot of headway very quickly. Um, it's almost like the turnarounds now are, are a lot shorter. It used to a rebuild used to take like three to five years. Now it feels like you can do it in a couple of years. Um, you know, you, you saw also with the way that the Rams were when they were like so desperate to win, went all in big time. You can do that now if you sort of like pre-plan that and then, you know, a year and a half later and it's all gone to nothing. You know, you've won you've won Super Bowl, but you're in trouble now and then that you have to come back somewhere else. So, yeah, I think it's, um, it's going to be like that. You're going to get more trades all the time. There are some teams that don't do it that much. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the majority... The majority of teams do, and uh, yeah, you're starting to see it more and more now. Well, of course, we might as well dive right into it. And really, number one pick kept Bryce Young. No surprise, absolutely no surprise Bryce Young was going there. But the big surprise was CJ Stroud going to the Houston Texans guy because uh, no one, well, after the last two weeks, everyone got cut off the scent that CJ Stroud was, everybody, but the Texans were going to take a defensive player. I mean, they did do that because the next shock of the night was them trading up to the three spot and taking Will Anderson, taking CJ Stroud quarterback out of Ohio State, taking Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. How much are these two going to be sort of the cornerstones for the Houston Texans rebuild? Yeah, I think it's brilliant for them because typically, you know, when a team's sort of touted with getting a top young quarterback, all their hopes are pinned on them. So to get two, you know, talented players on both sides of the ball, who are going to be there for years to come is massive. Um, Texas probably did well to throw other teams off the scent that they were even thinking of that because we heard the Will Levis rumours, obviously, uh, throughout the week. And we know that a lot of teams like to do that as well when they start hyping up other players. Um, but yeah, I thought I was seeing some Madden shenanigans when I saw they went up to 
to free as well. So I was really impressed that they've sort of done that because I imagine that's going to renew the, you know, the hope of of their fans, yeah, to at least be a bit more competitive and um and obviously Houston have to compete with Dallas in terms of their fan market. So it'd be good for Houston season ticket wise as well to have those two players on board. And it just got more electric from there. I mean, uh, some players when we expect, we expected. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was anyone in this top 10 that we didn't think could go in this top 10. Apart from maybe Darnell Wright um, going to the Chicago Bears, Adam at 10. A little bit of a reach maybe for, for a player like that. It was definitely it was an area that we said they should be focusing on is that offensive line. They certainly went that way. But Wright was maybe the only surprise really in that top 10. Yeah, I think we all felt Skoronsky was the one that they were going to go for, wasn't it? And so that was a bit surprising that they went there. It's obviously a, a personal choice of uh, Ryan Poles, I would imagine, as to why that's why that's happened. Uh, I think Wright's a really good offensive lineman, just maybe a bit, um, a little bit of a reach for him, but not not massively. I think he was always um, someone who was likely to go first round. So, but uh, yeah, I mean the rest of them, it kind of felt. Although there was uh, a few surprises with the teams, you know, like you say, the Texans trading and, and certain players dropping maybe a bit further than we thought, it kind of felt like it was still the same players and predominantly the same teams that we thought would, would take them players. So it wasn't massively shocking. Um, I, I didn't really, like the first night as a whole, I didn't really think was there was much shocking stuff in it to be honest I, I i kind of feel like it's difficult for you to screw up the first night because there's some really good players so it's it's tough to mess it up um some teams did but most of them didn't so. but yeah and of course there was trades between the arizona cardinals and detroit lions cardinals moving down they're moving back up and the lions going to <laughs> I imagine Freddie Come was on. about to ask me about uh, about Gibbs. I know you said there weren't many surprises, Adam, but I think the two running backs were potentially the surprises if we were going to pick out anyone for Gibbs to end yeah. up in Detroit and Richardson at Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, Bijan was heavily rumoured, heavily sort of targeted um, in the betting markets that he was, he was going to go um, to Atlanta. So that was something that wasn't overly surprising. I think, I know Fred was not, a fan of that move and i i do get it if you want to win it's a bad move yeah um you know so it's it's not something that makes sense because you know there are certain positions that you need to fill isn't there that you you know you need your edge rushes which are, are more valuable at them points and running backs you can get them further back so that one is surprising in that respect but Given the talent that he has, I mean, you just have to feel that he's going to absolutely, you know, just destroy teams. They, yeah. they, especially with their second pick that they took, they took Matthew Berger on, which uh, center, that's huge. He's one of the best ones coming out. And you, you just sort of think that's going to make a massive difference for him. Um that O-line is looking better. They were, what was it? I think I read that they were the third best running offense last year. And now you've gone and got yourself the best running back out of the draft who realistically is, is probably the best running back to come out of college since people will say Barkley. But I mean, you could be looking at better. Yeah, the Jameer Gibbs one, 
bit of an odd one, that one, <laughs> to go for it. So I like the pick. I like the fact that they went for it. They obviously feel that DeAndre Swift isn't the guy for them anymore, which is why he's been traded away. And obviously, if you're going to do that, you want to have more of a pass catching back. The, the thing with the Lions as a whole is it was the problem wasn't who they took. It was where they took them. Yeah. That was the problem with the Lions. And, and so it's going to get a lot of criticism because people will come out and go, they didn't do draft value. They just went, sod it. I'm going to bring in the ones that I want. And that's the end of it. And that's fine if you want to do that, because you can do that in certain drafts. You can't do it all the time. You can do it in certain ones. But the, the biggest issue is, I mean, your, your two first-round picks, they're just not valued at that position. They just aren't. Um, but they are good players. So it's, it's really a matter of what you, what you care and how you like to draw. Are you back, Fred? I'm hoping this never, when the Wi-Fi does mess around with me and my house, it doesn't affect the live record of live viewership of this too much i hope it does continue and it is okay um i tell you you were talking about jameer gibbs obviously so we'll move past that we'll move i mean going to jameer gibbs it moves us straight into what well one of our teams and that being the green bay packers taking lucas van ness which great predictable move adam have to say great pick sky thinks what, what, well, what did I say? Right? What did I say? It's O-line, it's edge. It's edge, it's O-line. That's what we do in the first round. Nothing <laughs> ever changed. I mean, it's not the pick that I would have made, but then they don't pay me to do it. So this is the thing. <laughs> I, I feel there are... There's nothing wrong with it. I think that he could be a very good edge rusher. I've got nothing against him. It was just a bit meh. And to be honest, if you want to go through the whole of the Packers thing, some of it was good, some of it not so good, just a bit meh. And that was that was the problem with it. So, you know, I personally would have gone for Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think that makes more sense at the moment to go for something like that. The reason I think that, and it came to fruition in the draft, was that, there were edge rushers around in the second round where, you know, we took Jaden Reed. So you, you could have done that. I mean, we, we took um, we took Lucas Van Ness at 13. I noticed Tuli Tuipolotu, who I just like saying Tuli Tuipolotu, um, was taken at 54. And we took Jaden Reed at 50. And it just feels like you could have had your, a really top quality wide receiver. And then you could have had that edge rusher a little bit later. So that was that was the only thing that I felt was a little bit bit strange. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought, but Van Ness is probably going to be good. I set myself up now to to justify why Van Ness was a good pick. I yeah, yeah, tell me. Apparently, as so, I read that he was wasn't a starter over the last two years at college, and he had seventy four pressures and thirteen sacks over two seasons, which I thought was quite impressive for someone who's yeah. not starting. And I think there comes a point where obviously the Packers are in a rebuild and you can focus on getting offensive weapons, but you still need to be able to get pressure on the opposing offense and force turnovers for your young quarterback. And I like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. So I think with the you know running back duo and them, maybe they just thought, let's get, of course, he's not a guarantee. We're going to be 
a great edge rusher, but I feel like people talk about him being a physical specimen and nickname is what Hercules. He looks great. So I think whether it was just the GMs going, oh, you know, we'll get another Clay Matthews type. It's going to be around for 10 years, 15 years. Let's go grab him. So, yeah, I liked the pick, but like you said, it was it was typical Green Bay, really. But Yeah, before. I mean, like I say, I, I think there's probably nothing wrong with him. I think he'll probably be very good and he'll last a long time. It's just that obviously, like I, to me, this wide receiver class felt very much like Jackson Smith and Jigba was like up here. And then you had a few more like your Addisons and and um, maybe like Quinton Johnson that was sort of like there. And then the rest was just to the floor sort of thing. It's like there just wasn't really that much there. But to be taking someone like Jaden Reed in the second round, where, mo- you know, the other thing with that is that, you know, you had Marvin Mims out there. You had Rashid Rashi Rice out there. You know, there yeah. were some other people that you could have gone for. And yet they went for Jaden Reed in that one. I like the two tight ends that they went for. I think Tucker Craft is going to be really good as a blocking tight end. I think he'll be great. Luke Musgrave is a bit more unknown because he kind of lost a lot of last year due to injury. So that's a little bit difficult. Um, you don't really know how he's going to you know, translate into the NFL. But um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was some good picks and some bad ones. I mean, the one thing I would say, Carrington Valentine. I mean, what a name. I mean, you, you, that's like some villain in an American soap opera, isn't it? I, I mean, that's who you want on your team. It's like even Wick seemed good. I have a secret yeah. Twitter source which says that he's a, a secret <laughs> gem. I won't reveal where for fantasy purposes, but apparently he was a good steal for the Packers. So let's see. Yeah. Certainly was an interesting night for the Green Bay Packers. And I, th- I think, I mean, well, we go Green Bay Packers. We move straight on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, tra- who traded up with Sky's New England Patriots to go and get Broderick Jones. Um, so I'll, I'll take the lead on this one, being the Steelers fan, and, and talk about our draft as well in depth. Um, I, I, I love the move. I, I thought it was really great. I mean, with Christian Gonzalez falling as well, I was very much like, this is Broderick Jones or Christian Gonzalez. However, the consensus on the programme was this is going to be Broderick Jones, which I was ecstatic with. And I, I'm, I'm really pleased with the pick. It was definitely what we needed to do. Um, it's the first time in a moment that I feel like our whole draft is encapsulated exactly what we need. I feel like we've had a few drafts where we've picked a need, but the rest of the draft hasn't really... I'm not really seeing where I need, why we needed certain things. Obviously, I've said it more than a, a few times about taking Chase Claypool in the second round and, and not Jalen Hurts, about taking Pratt move in the second round um, the other year, last year, um, and not focusing on the O-line or, or the cornerback, um, even though we did take quarterback, obviously, with our, our first-round pick. And this top to bottom for me was just a, a really good draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm, I'm ecstatic about the fact that Joey Porter obviously dropped and dropped and dropped. Um and for every pick was in that latter half, I was sort of just crossed my fingers that I hope I hope this isn't Joe Porter, I hope this isn't Joe Porter. And to think that for for the most amount of time this offseason that Porter's been mocked to the Steelers at 17 and then we got him at 32 is just it's just a steal. Now some argument could be, well, a lot of teams passed on Joe Porter, so maybe maybe there is some apprehension about about the player but I, I think it was always written that we were going to go and take Joey Porter and then we're going to take D uh, tackle out Wisconsin Keanu Benton um Darnell Washington the tight end from Georgia Nick Herbig the Wisconsin edge also I mean quarterback and O-line with Corey Trice and Spencer Anderson as well 
I think Washington works with Frymuth is a great one-two punch. He's going to be obviously a big a blocker a lot of the time, which allows Frymuth to be able to kick outside more and and do what he's good at, which is you know receiving and and yards after the catch as well. Um, so I'm I'm really happy with that. We've got that sort of dual threat. Keanu Benton. I don't know loads about Benton. I have to admit, I'm going to do a bit more research on him. But our O line, our D line, sorry, is is getting older. Cam, you know, Cam Hayward isn't going to be there forever. Um, I know we've re-signed. Oh God, I can't even remember his name. Larry Ogunjobi, um, who was an absolute force for us at, at times last year and was awesome in that Bengals team as well. That went to the Super Bowl, and I, I really like him as well. But the fact that we've focused o- o- on O line and cornerback this draft. I'm really pleased with because I'm pretty pleased with our whole team it, it, outside of them two positions. They've been my problem for the last two seasons. And we've really gone out there and addressed that and done that in free agency as well. We've bringing in Pat P as well. So I, I, I think, I, I don't know what your two opinions are of of our draft, um, of the Steelers draft. I'd like to maybe hear that. I was happy you got Jones because we got Gonzalez. Mm. So it all worked out because it screwed the mm. Jets over of getting a, a lineman who they wanted mm-hmm. and then I think obviously it was a staple for for us to get someone in the secondary, but yeah, sticking with the Steelers, I think it was a good draft. Um, and I think even if it's players like you said who you need to do a bit more research on after, because there's a few on the Steelers that I need to. With Mike Tomlin as your head coach, I think you just have that that faith that mm. you know if someone's being picked up by Pittsburgh, there's obviously some research that's gone into that, and there's probably a reason behind it, whether it be an instant starter or a long term project. So yeah, I think a good draft. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you could have done any better, to be honest. Mm. I, I think it was very much one after the other hitting the ball out of the park. Project Jones was exactly what you needed. It was great that you went O-line instead of corner at that time. I think, I I don't, I mean, this is the first year, isn't it, for the your new Steelers? Is this his first draft? Yeah, for, uh, yeah. for, um, for GM. Omar... Oh, God, what's his name? I can't remember now. I was about to say Omar Khan. Shout out Omar Khan, a lot of friend of mine from years and years and years ago, but it's not Omar Khan. It's a friend of well, mine. Well, he, um, he had a great draft. He really he did. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, I think he saw something that he saw Christian Gonzalez drop in and drop in and worked out very quickly that we can go O-line here because it means that we can get ourselves a corner later on. And I think that is where it probably works really well. Even if Joey Porter hadn't been there and he would have gone to one of the other teams, you know, maybe the Giants could have taken him. But then that would have meant that you would have had Deontay Banks, which wouldn't have been a bad one either. So it was really well done. I think both of them are going to be great for you. Uh, Benton, I don't know loads about Benton like, like yourself, but a lot of people are saying it's a very solid pick. Darnell Washington is a really good pick. Apparently, he dropped because he had is it some sort of knee injury or something mm, they were saying, but they reckon he'd yeah. be fine. Um, so that's fine. Really liked Herbig when I saw the tape on him. And also, Corey tries. I know it sounds crazy as a seventh round pick. He's not a bad corner. He really isn't. Mm. So it's like you've seen bits of him. He looks decent. Don't know the other guy at all. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, really good draft really solid didn't do anything stupid um yeah that's why most most places have graded them pretty high mm. i think it is one thing we do quite well we i, I don't yeah. remember over and overly a draft where i've gone like god that stinks or like the players all stink or anything like that like you know we've taken risks on people like alex highsmith who people don't sh- you know shout off the rooftops for him but he was leading the league in sacks at one point 
you know, at the start of the season, he had he had a really good run last year. And I think we're quite good at getting good talent later in the draft. Um, well, I think we could probably just move straight on to, I mean, New, New England Patriots pick then, Sky, because obviously trade was Sky, uh, Sky Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez gets to uh, gets to New England Patriots and you guys drafted him there. Definitely a position of need for you guys. Um do you, do you are you a little bit concerned about because obviously people were really pumping up Christian Gonzalez. People were saying that he was going to be a top ten pick, and then he ends up you know falling to you guys and, and, and well dropping as people would say. Um, are you a little concerned about why he dropped? I mean, it, it is like the Patriots to pick someone in the first round who's not good, even though I know Gonzalez is good. I think it's again another case of where teams just trying to put another corner in the mix with Weatherspoon so that one of the other skill players elsewhere dropped and then they could steal them, um, you know, trying to throw them off the scent. I don't I haven't read anything about, you know, there being any question about some Gonzalez who just happened to be that the chips fell where they fell. Um from what I've seen, you know, he's a, a long corner, um, gonna be good in, in man and zone coverage, gonna make an impact on that side of the ball. And I think the Patriots draft in general. I've seen people say it's been reaching on a couple of players, but I still think it was good. I mean, you had Booty from LSU coming in, who obviously could have been, if it was a year ago, a lot higher. So that could end up being a, a big, big steal. Um, and yeah, we definitely had to go with Gonzalez because of Devin McCourty obviously retiring at safety. I think just having that focus on adding to the secondary at corner and making sure that's solid. And then also um, getting White from Georgia. You know, he can play across the D-line and at linebacker. Um, saw Matthew Judon obviously get a lot of sacks as well. So I think adding someone else who can get pressure um, just ensures that the defense is going to be strong. And I was saying to Adam with the Packers defensive pick, you just have to play to your strengths and there's still question marks on Matt Jones and the offense. So at least if you know your defense is solid and you can force those turnovers, get a short field um, in close games, then I think it was a pretty solid draft, to be honest. I mean, when you look at the players that you picked in the positions in, in the positions they're in, that they are in, you've done really well. You've you've definitely gone and talk, you've done like Sears have done in terms of we're weak at these positions and we really need to reinforce it. There's no, I don't really see any sort of um, vanity picks in there. I mean, a kicker, the kick, a kicker going in the um, what was that? One twelve is like what the fourth round, third fourth round, round yeah. fourth. That's quite high, but. But Patriots had to do something a little bit Patriots, surely. You know, they had to do a little bit of something. Um, let's move on to the rest of the draft. Where should we go from here? Ah, I know exactly where we go. After Green Bay Packers solely jumping over him, the Seattle Seahawks went and took Jackson Smith and Jigba, the first wide receiver off the board, and what would be a run of four wide receivers off the board, which I don't think has ever happened, I believe. Uh, I think this was the first time it's ever happened where four receivers in a row went. Um Obviously, Adam very gutted about not getting Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Green Bay Packers, but how how much better the Seahawks now got with adding a player like him and with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who is the wrong side of I think he's twenty, he's like twenty nine or thirty now. Um, I mean, did you see a lot of success hit for him there at Seattle? Yeah, I think Seattle have done really well in this draft. They they looked really good. Um, you know, with with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba by himself, yeah. It just feels like he's going to play that slot receiver. You've got Lockett, who's going to bomb on. You've got DK Metcalf, who's a big-bodied receiver. And then you've got uh, JSN, who is just going to do really well. And then eventually, you kind of feel like we'll become... I think this season, it's just about getting him in to the offence and stuff like that. Um, but eventually, very you know, not that 
won't take long for him to become really good. But um, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks really did very well, and I they are they are now contenders for the NFC. They have to be considered that. Um, they they are very very strong. I think Devin Witherspoon is a great pick. <laughs> Completely blew the Lions' plans out the water when they took him. Um, so I think he's a great corner that they haven't had for quite a while. So I think that's that's brilliant for them. Uh, Derek Hall at Edge, I think is a really good one for them. Zach Charbonnet with um, Kenneth Walker now. I, I think you've now got yourself two really strong running backs who are going to, uh, you know, excel in a team that wants to run the ball. So it's, you're going to get the lanes for that. That's going to work really well for them. Um, yeah. It, it was just literally pick off the pick of very good players. And um, you've got to remember that I can't remember what their record was last year. I think, they were. I think they had a winning record, didn't they? Or they were like not nine and eight, or eight and nine, something like that. I think they've they've brought in these players that really do have the potential to push them up into becoming a, a decent side, and it feels like they've got depth there now as well. And of course, like we said, Sky, it became the run of the wide receivers. And after that, yeah, Quentin Johnston going to the LA Chargers, Zay Flowers going to the Baltimore Ravens. Jordan Addison going to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, um, Johnston joins a wide receiver room with um, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Obviously, they were a little bit injury prone last year, so he's got really opportunity, real opportunity to be able to sort of be maybe the main guy quite quickly if uh, things didn't work out of either of them at a given point next season. Zay Flowers joined the Baltimore Ravens team that sorely needs wide receiver. I mean, OBJ's just coming. They've got Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, but again, he's got an opportunity to shine. Jordan Anderson probably hasn't got an opportunity to shine next to Justin Jefferson, but he's definitely going to slot into that Adam Phelan number two role straight away. Which which pick do you like most out of this for the teams? I'm not just saying it because it was on my mock, but I kind of wish Addison and Johnson was the other way around. I mean, obviously I'm not GM, mm -hmm. but I just feel like it would have been a, a better fit. I think um, Johnson is a, a, you know, a big body guy and they've got that with Williams and Allen. So I think Addison was 5'11". Maybe they might have marked mm. him six foot, like, you know, obviously in in a slot. And I think Johnson, a big body opposite Jefferson would have been nice. But if I'm going out of... I'd, I'd probably say Flowers. I mean, I was kind of hoping that if we didn't go corner, he was um, the receiver I wanted on the Patriots coming out of Boston College. Ravens obviously needed a playmaker, like you said. And um, from what I've seen, he looks like he's going to be a great addition in the league. So I think out of the four... Um, Probably the best pick in terms of team need and, and fit-wise, I would go with Flowers for Baltimore. And what about yourself, Adam? Because you were very hot on a lot of these wide receivers. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you said they were qualities. You said they were qualities. was, but not anymore. Yeah, and um, I, I, think, I think JSN's very good. I think it drops a bit. Um, mm. I, I really like Addison at the Vikings. I think that it, it kind of... Um, it kind of becomes by having Jefferson there, it brings in a lot of a lot of opportunity for Addison to excel quite quickly. Um, I think he becomes Devonta Smith of, of mm. the Vikings, and and you have AJ Brown as Justin Jefferson. I think that's probably what it is. Um, I I wasn't particularly keen on Quinton Johnson. I think he's all right, but I don't think he's amazing. Um, I just feel he's a replacement. I think with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen getting older, I think he's a replacement rather than an addition which um, I think will be a bit of a problem. And Zay Flowers, 
it's not my kind of receiver. Not not interested at all. Um, don't like these little quick guys. I, I don't think most of them work. Some of them do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Tyreek Hill obviously has shown how good you can be at that size and it can work. I just think more often than not, you're going to get taken out. And so you, you almost have to have that elite speed that Tyreek Hill has. Zay Flowers doesn't have that. And so I, I think that's that's the problem. I'm not saying he's slow. He's just not Tyreek Hill speed. And of course, straight after that, we had the first tight end come off the board to the Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid. Um, Adam, again, someone who was very much knew a lot about the tight ends in this draft um, and someone who you were a fan of, Dalton Kincaid as well. How much do you think that fits for him being at the Buffalo Bills who are definitely in win-now mode? Don't maybe necessarily need a tight end. I've been very impressed with Dawson Knox, but do you think this adds another, just another weapon in the in this high-power offence for Josh Allen runs? Yeah, yeah. I think the tight ends this year, they're really some good, solid tight ends that have come out. It's, it's interesting because I remember speaking before <laughs> about how um, the tight ends last year, how well they all did. When you actually went back and looked at what they produced, they actually did pretty well. These guys are expected to do much better than what any of them did. They're not going to be amazing in their first year because most tight ends aren't, but you do feel like that this group, you would expect more. Um, and yeah, Dalton Kincaid at Buffalo, it does feel a little bit of a strange pick because obviously they've got Dawson Knox already. But at the same time, he's not your typical tight end. He's more of a much more pass catching tight end. He's he's kind of borderline wide receiver. He's just a bit too big to be a wide receiver. Basically, is what he is. So, I think because of that, that's why he's there. Yeah, it's a great another great option for him. And uh, I think I think you'll find that he'll probably take that job from Dawson Knox pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so too. And then um, we would be we'd be heavily told off in the group chat if we don't at least talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, just a little <laughs> bit, I suppose, because they know they took Nolan Smith um, with the 30th pick and they took Jalen Carter, training it up to go and get Jalen Carter, which we did sort of miss over a little bit at the start of the show. Um, Sky, the, this it's all Georgia, this Philadelphia <laughs> defence now. I mean, they've got um, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, um, they've got Nolan Smith, they've got the um, the linebacker whose name's just escaped me as well. Say again? Nicobe Dean, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, how much do you think the Eagles succeeded in this first round, getting two stood defensive players? Yeah, amazing. I mean, uh, Jalen Carter, the amount of mocks I saw, obviously he was always going to go there. Um, mm. Again, another one people talking about, oh, is he going to fall? But I think that was just the um, Eagles probably planted that seed uh, somewhere. Mm. Uh, great draft for them. And even the move for Swift, you know, getting him you know, sort of directly a draft pick. I think that's a, that's a good addition there. Um, I think they had a really, yeah, it's one of those situations where I know I, I think I said this to you on Saturday. They've got too much talent now. Now, I don't mean, obviously, mm-hmm. everyone's going to pick them as a Super Bowl contender. Not saying it's going to fall flat and be like Chip Kelly, eight and eight Eagles when they had all you know, those playmakers. But um, with the amount of sacks they got last year and adding more players from Georgia, you know, with people they played with, a great scheme. I think that defence next year, yes, it's an extra game now, but it could probably rival the 85 Bears. I know the rules are adjusting now to suit offences more, but if it's going to be a defence talent-wise, it's got a chance. It's going to be this Eagles defence. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just scary how good they're going to be for a very long time. Now, I'm going to bring up the um, NFL draft sort of grading system, I suppose, that they have done. Um, let me just get that on there, share. So that should be sharing on there now, I hope. Yeah, is that sharing on there? Yeah. There yeah. we go. Cool. Adam marked Seattle down because he's hurt about Jigba going. <laughs> well quickly quickly just flicking through i mean i i say quickly because i'm very much doing this quickly but i'm just trying to find who is the lowest graded one maybe c plus at the minute for the line so that do you think it's the right. dolphins dolphins or Saints, i i would be surprised if it wasn't the 49ers okay who so had who had what can only be described as a shocking draw apparently so they got a what a b b minus so let's have a look at c plus detroit quickly i know we sort of skate and, and talked about it when i was off off there for the minute but we probably didn't talk about some of the lower end players that they took so okay i think okay okay that's done it so i can actually see myself now which is pretty good um so obviously there we've got jameer gives jack campbell that they both took in the first round um sam laporta um, Brian Branch as well, but I think it's an absolute steal. Hendon Hooker, our guy Hendon, getting picked by Detroit where he said he was going to go to the Vikings, but, you know, he says they've got um, Broderick Martin as well, Colby Sawsdale, Antoine, Antoine, uh, Antoine Green as well. Um, it, from the looks of it, it's saying C plus because the C minus of the day one because they they reached, quote unquote. I mean, we've got the uh, the little info there as well a bit about it that but um sky do you think my thing with the first round picks for these guys though they may have been seen as a reach is that the lines have sort of done a bit like what the patriots have done in in a large amount of drafts they've gone for their guys they've got they like them guys we don't care where we're drafting them we like them we're taking them and do you think lines have sort of done that again here because they they like obviously everyone loves talented players but they love high character guys and they don't care. We don't care where you think we should be taking. We're going to take our guys we want. Do you think this, that that's what the Lions have done this draft? Yeah, I agree. And I think Laporta is a, a good pick for them. I think tight end is probably the hardest position to sort of, well, one of the hardest, especially offensively, to, to nail. I know people spoke about Maya being at the Raiders. Um, even the, the guy the Packers got, um, whose name has just gone from me, Musgrave. You know, other people's mm -hmm. names are thrown out there. But I think Laporta's is good. Um, and they've got the guys they want. I mean, people, I don't know. I don't think there's necessarily question marks. I just like playing devil's advocate, even with Hendon Hooker. I think that's a good pick. But then interestingly, mm. he's only three and a half years younger than Jared Goff, you know, which mm. and it is. But I still think that the picks they've made, they haven't been thrown off the scent by anybody. They've clearly got a plan in mind. They've got Gibbs and then they've gone and traded Swift away. So I think initially people might have said, oh, why have they gone for Gibbs? That's three running backs. They've just got David Montgomery. But then they've actually got that value back now. So I think fair play to them that they've just gone out and got the players that they want. I think people forget about it. So again, Hen Hook, and I know he's only three, year, three and a half years younger than Jared Goff, but Jared Goff's really expensive. You know, if he succeeds there, how much money does that loosen up? If he do, if he can do exactly what Jared Goff has done in this offense, the money they free up to be able to get more talent on both sides of the ball. They they could they could be challenging with the NFC Championship like that's that's what I think that's a, a serious I think it should be taken more seriously that's that sort of take to be honest with you um what, uh, Brian Branch was a big guy that you loved Adam uh, coming into the draft I, I, obviously pretty miffed that he's in your division playing against a team that's you know in, 
in your division. Um, but again, you like Hendon Hooker as well. What do you think to the Lions draft here? I know we sort of briefly touched on a little bit, but what do you think maybe about these later picks? So I liked Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch and Hendon Hooker before the draft happened. So <laughs> what's going on? I mean, honestly, what is going on? They all went to the bloody line. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, I like all the players. I mean, round one, two and three, I don't really know either of the later picks for them, to be brutally honest. But mm. round one, two and three, I like them all. I think they're all very good, talented players. They were just taken in the wrong places. And mm. that's just that's purely a draft value thing. Now, if you can get over that, and be like, well, actually, this is just a team that decided we like these players, we want these players, and that's the end of it, then it's not a problem. But anyone who's, you know, going to be part of the media and is going to look into draft value and, and stuff like that, they're going to get funny about it. So that's why they're getting the criticism that they are. But, yeah, I mean, Gibbs is a really ta talented running back. It's just that more often than not, you don't take running backs that early anymore unless they're very, very special. And he is not Bijan Robinson. He isn't. There is a drop. But he is still going to be a very good running back. And so he's exactly what they need. And they obviously decided they'd had enough with um, DeAndre Swift, which is why they've done it. Jack Campbell, I think, is a really good linebacker. Again, taken very early, but they obviously like him. Laporta, I think, is a great tight end that you're going to see do really well in the in years to come. Brian Branch, I've said loads of times how good he is and that I had him as a first-round pick at the back of the first. And obviously, like, you know, we've all sort of mentioned about Hendon Hooker and how much we like him. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's just some really good, solid picks there. They've just been picked in really strange places, that's all. Now, I tried to have a little flick through the website to see if anyone had an A-plus grade. I didn't quite... I didn't see one. There's a lot of A's and A-minuses. So I thought we'd maybe move on to a topic that was... I mean, he was there on the first round. Uh, he was in the room and he waited and waited and waited and never went anywhere. Because I, I think it would be bad if not to talk about the Will Levis drop. I mean, some people surprised, other people was not really surprised. To a, a quarterback, unfortunately, who's not been exactly in the limelight, I suppose, this draft, Adam. He, he found his spot in the, on the second day of the second pick. The Tennessee Titans went up and drafted him. They traded up to go and get Will Levis. Um a surprise to you that he dropped that far? I mean, some people were talking about there was going to be four quarterbacks going in the top five, you know, with Levis, Richardson, Stroud and Young. That was some people's opinion before the draft even started. And Levis dropping all the way to the early on the second day. Don't get me wrong. Um, it would have been in other years, the first pick of the second day, I suppose. But it, it, what do you think to the whole Levis situation here? And do you think Tennessee has done well to pick him? I think Tennessee have done well to pick him because they feel that Ryan Tannehill is coming towards the end. Malik Willis has clearly not really shown that he's been great. And so I can understand why they've gone down this route for Levis. So I think to get him in round two isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Me and Andrew doing these mock drafts over the last few months, we were very much trying to constantly find a spot for him because we were like this guy's going to go in the first round but it kind of reached a point where once you got past Seattle it was a little bit like where does he go like where does who actually needs this player 
and you could have gone Tennessee, but if it is literally just one team, I mean, Tampa Bay was the other one that we kind of mm. kept on talking about. It kept on going Tennessee, Tampa Bay. But you kind of think to yourself, if that is, if it's only one or two teams, chances are they're not going to take him. So that it's going to go on to the next round. So I think that was probably why he ended up dropping to the point where he did. I, I mean, he had a great 2021 in college. He had a rough 2022. A lot of the good players were no longer with him in 2022. And that's, you can come out and say that as a bit of an excuse. So you might find that they've got themselves a really good quarterback at a cheap rate, but he just wasn't, wasn't what you're seeing from the other guys. And he's, the other thing is, he kind of feels like a bit of a throwback to me. He's very much the pocket passer, and it's just not the way that the NFL is trending now. And Sky, for you, it's obviously happened a lot of times throughout history, and it can really probably mould you as a player to be talked about as much to be a first round, you know, invited on the night, and you don't even go, and you sit there, pick after pick after pick, with so many famous players, so many players who are great and are now Hall of Famers, or will be Hall of Famers, have all had it happen to them. What has Will Levis got to do for it to not bog him down? I guess, yeah, I know there's a cliche response for most players, but they just have to see whichever round you go in. It's obviously an opportunity to get into the NFL. That's what they've strived for their you know entire life up to this point. Um, and for him personally, he's probably in one of the best spots you can be, I think. No spoke about Hooker and Goff, but Goff actually played well. Like, I don't really... Mm. rate Tannehill's quarterback play um so I think they were probably looking for whoever they got to come in and almost make if he's not an instant starter then Tannehill has say the, a rough first four games if Levis works his ass off during training camp and proves that you know he can just buckle down and get over sort of the the initial disappointment of not going in the top 10 then I think he's got a good chance in in Tennessee you know they got Burks last year um obviously added a receiver as we can see there with their last pick of the draft um, and have got the O-line, we're shored up as well with Skoronsky, Henry's still there, and potentially pass-catching back. So he's in a good spot. I just think he needs to sort of get over the initial disappointment um, and use that as fuel to sort of prove himself and prove why he could potentially be a starter in the league. I didn't even realize. I've just scrolled down to look at the read-up as well. and says, given that Ryan Tannehill's contract is scheduled to void after the 2023 season. So this does make sense. This does make sense completely, but I, I, I completely... Um, like Adam, the whole it was Tennessee or or Tampa. I didn't really see anyone. Anyway. The Raiders. I mean, who could we a shout? But I, 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 it it was that sort of toss up, really. And I don't think it was a surprise in the end. But what I hope that he does is he carries this as a chip on his shoulder that makes him great in the NFL. I mean, if he can be, people say the, the highest upside he could be is Josh Allen. Well, if we have another Josh Allen in our league, it's only going to make it more exciting. I mean, that could be generous to some people to a lot of people, but people didn't think Josh Allen would be where he was now. So, you know, it, it, anything can happen in the NFL. Um, the biggest thing I would say, though, for, for the whole night is uh, congratulations to all the NFL players that got picked. It's an exciting journey. Uh, for me, as, as a, a non-athlete, I've never been in that scenario at all. I think if people do get a bit bogged down by their draft pick. At the end of the day, though, you've gone into the NFL. Like I said, Hall of Famers, multiple Super Bowl winners, have all not been the first pick or in the first day. You know, it seems rubbish on the night, maybe, or or there's expectation and stuff like that, or you had a bad draft. I mean, I saw a video the other day about Armand Ross St. Brown saying his draft night was just terrible. Um, 
but look at where he is now. Uh, one of the most promising young wide receivers in the league. Um, and and it's it's a journey. And they're all now on it. And congratulations to, all, to them all. And it's going to be so exciting to see how all these players develop, especially the players on our teams as well. Um, but thank you, Sky. Thank you, Adam, for joining us tonight. Thank you for all watching. Make sure you like and subscribe our videos on YouTube and Make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms as well. We'll be back very soon with a lot more coming from the Franchise Tag Podcast. We've got a special episode, well, special interview, I suppose, coming up very soon. But it's going to be out there for you guys to watch, which I hope you will all enjoy. Make sure you give us a little feedback on that as well. Until then, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you all very soon.